Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik Pickardian. Jared Brandon. What? Jared Brandon. What the? What? I'm who? back, everybody. Who I'm is back. that? Jared Brandon. Jared. Uh, I remember there was this other Jared guy. I don't remember now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yes. I say the thing at the end. You get to do all the things tonight. <laughs> you do all the things. Welcome back, Jared. Great hey. great to have you. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled that you're joining us Yay. tonight. It's going to be awesome. We have with us two other guests. This oh. is going to be so great, and I'm going to tell you in a minute why. Guest number one, Rob Chafe. Chafe. Hello. Say hello. Hello. Yeah. Okay, that's but this, that, the second time was way better. Let's keep that one. Put Cut it, print. Where where is he from? Where are you from? Here, here in in Ohio. He's local. He's Rob. Or no, you're just Mad Cow Amplification yeah. on Instagram. Go check him out and um, enjoy it. We also have the fabulous guitar player and great friend Hex Matos. Yes. Welcome hey, to the show. Thank you for having me. How how's everybody doing today? Good. Excellent. It's Excellent. good if you don't have to breathe. Yeah, it's a little rough. Mm. We're inside. It's <laughs> so, okay. Uh, it's probably worse where you are up in, in oh, Cleveland, yeah, in right? Cleveland, in, in Cleveland is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it's not pretty here, but yeah, I heard the closer to Canada you get, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just across the lake. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. I was uh, explaining that the last time I kind of remember this is when I was in when I was living in Southern California and Mount St. Mount St. Helens erupted and like we had ash falling on us there mm-hmm. all the way in yeah. Southern California. Man, that was a that, that was similar. Well, well, you probably remember when they have like the the fires in Malibu. Oh yeah, but that and, that always went uh, uh, downwind too. But it, it um, yeah to Riverside yeah. where I used to yeah. live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then it's always like that in Riverside. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't hit Tennessee yet. Yeah, I don't know that it will. Because it sweeps up from right under us, and it goes back up towards New York, kind of does the world. Anyways, on the Weather Channel, you can find all this (laughs) stuff out. Uh, I was uh, going to mention um, the reason that we have Hex on the show, uh, aside from... Well, what's the show about? Well, that's a... You know what? This is a great segue. You know why? Because Hex... Loves Vox amps. Oh well, so do I. So do you. Hmm. Perfect. Maybe we hmm. should do a one-on-one on Vox amps. Good idea. Do you think you could? Um, no, nah, I think I'd rather do it on Vox guitars. All right, that's going to be a very short podcast. <laughs> right, see you guys. Uh, and we all leave. But anyways, um, Hex is a, uh, a good friend, and he's an outstanding guitar player. Um, I've shared I've shared images uh, or you know videos and stuff of him doing his thing on our on our channel, and um, uh, he's also a grand poobah. And oh, yes. so we're going to have yes. him at, on the show real soon to do his own episode. But I was like, man, I can't wait. Let's get him on the show for this one. Nice. Hey, should I, should I be wearing my fez right now? It's right there on top of yeah. Yeah. That show would be perfect. perfect. I think, I think you really should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a requirement. Yes. Technically, you are listening to the podcast, albeit being part of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> now, this is, this is important. The show that we're about to do here, the Vox 101. We are going to spend some time getting a, a better understanding of the history of Vox, um, and we're going to dive into 
where things start to uh, blossom into different sounds, different needs, different different uh, configurations, and also from Rob's point of view, Rob repairs amps hundred uh, percent of his day almost, mm-hmm. and. I thought it'd be really great to hear from somebody who deals with used amps all the time because we're always looking for cool used gear and a lot of people buy things without really knowing about them. So I think hearing hearing your perspective, Rob, is going to be great. Sometimes they're blowed up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Usually when I see them blowed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyways, let's get on with this. I did want to share something that was really, really fun. So recently we had uh, Bob Crouch and Bruce Bacon, yes. uh, respectively, on the show, and also respectively going back and forth about things that we were referencing, I think specifically the chestnut wood. Chestnut wood. Chestnut wood. Roasting on an open But I have to say that like flintlock wood <laughs> from... Uh, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Anyways, Bruce, so they said they were going to get together. Bruce sent me a, Bruce sent me a message. He says, Monday, I spent three and a half hours with Bob Crouch at a ah. local bar. We talked oh, wow. gear, bands, and life, and we'll be doing it again. Thanks for passing on his message. How, How cool, cool is that's that? That's really cool. I knew it. I you knew it was going to work yeah. out. And good for the bar owner. Exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> Unless they got waters after the first. Well, that's mm. possible. Uh, yeah. Who we'll, knows? we'll have to get more details. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, just wanted to share that because we, you know, we were really excited when we get these messages, and and we've got such great people out there in the uh, uh, the audience and in our support group, and um, it's it's great. So I recommend doing that with others. At all, if at all possible. Yes. Okay. Let's uh, find out what's going on in our music worlds this weekend. We're going to start with the... The tired. The, the, <laughs> tired. the tired, the bespectacled <laughs> Tanya Bolonsky. Go ahead. The uh, Ohio Guitar Show was this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was there. Todd was there, a bunch of other people. It's nice to see familiar faces popping in and out. And... Um, I brought some stuff to sell, sold a couple of things, did a trade, and that's what I wanted to talk about because I, I picked up this really kind of a cool uh, 60, late 60s guitar that's branded Barclay, um, which was a label that was put on uh, guitars made by uh, Kawhi and Tesco. And um, just a brief history of that, Kawhi... Uh, bought or absorbed the Tesco line in about 1967. So the guitar that I got is basically the same as, as a uh, Tesco EP9T. Mm. Uh, so it's got sharp... Double cut? Of, double cut, sharp horns, F-holes, got, has a tremolo. They're short ones, though, right? Yeah, they're short horns. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but it's a, it's kind of a cool guitar. And a guy, I had a guitar that this guy wanted, and he said, I, I kind of want to, you know, I, I want to do a trade. And so we worked out a deal. But what's kind of cool about this, so the one that I've got is um, is, is brown, kind of like, you know, walnut colored. And um, I have never seen one of these before that has factory gold hardware. I mean, usually it's chrome hardware and stuff, and and I, I you know did some research. I couldn't find anything that 
even photos of that. So I think it's kind of a rarity to have uh, gold on it. And, uh, you know, maybe somebody out there knows. I don't know. But, it, you know, it's it's not. Is it a great guitar? Nah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. And it's got the, uh, you know, it, it's really lightweight because it's a, you know, a, I think it has a center block, but it's pretty much a, a hollow body instrument. And uh, I mean the pickups two, sound two single cool. pickups. Yeah, yeah, single coil pickups, and yeah, it's you know the trim actually holds tune, which is remarkable for something like that. But it does have it's in really good shape too. Huh? Oh, it's super clean. Yeah. yeah. So so that was my guitar week. Fantastic, love Ooh. it. Uh, let's try Rob right here. Mm. I was not at the guitar show. No, I I, for- I missed you. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, eh, no big. Um, my music week. Um, I got a bunch of things. Uh, let's. Uh, I bought an amp. What'd you buy? I bought a Sir PT fifteen IR. You're a Sir guy. Ooh. I'm not a, necessarily a Sir guy. I love John's work, and he is. He's, you got a couple of Sir guitars, right? No, Anderson. Which, oh, that's which right. they're oh. buddies and everything, but okay. yeah. But yeah, we were actually when the music store I used to manage, um, uh, early two thousands, we were like Sir Dealer number eleven or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were one of the very first ones when he went out on his own from Fender. But um, but yeah. So anyways, um, I'm just getting beat up. I've got a, an eighty watt one twelve, mm. one twelve cab eighty watt head, mm-hmm. side washed, master turned down, and I'm getting beat up at all the venues we play. Sound guys just. You gotta turn down. You gotta turn down because now everybody that plays before us, after us, the day, weekend before us, whatever, everybody's running direct. So there's no stage volume. Right. So even a reasonable stage volume, they're complaining about. Nah. So huh. I'm like, well, the only thing I can think to do is try to find a lower wattage amp, and it's really not going to take much of the volume away. It's just going to kind of make it a little spongier because mm-hmm. I'm still going to have to be at a comparable level just to hear myself over the drums. Mm-hmm. But and it'll be a smaller package, and you know some people. Hear with their eyes, and you can, know. Can you uh, tell the drummer to turn down? <laughs> yes, and I do. <laughs> no, everywhere we play, I politely remind him, go, hey, because some of these places are putting them behind plexiglass. Oh, and wow. it's like you know, that's very anti rock and roll, man. Sure is. It's, it's. I mean, it's just that's like it's ridiculous. I mean, you're not in- well, the only Sunday. thing better than that is the chicken wire in front of the band. I, I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no chicken wire. They don't hate us that much. But, but yeah, so I've, I bought that thing because I am I need a semi-three-channel amp because doing a cover band thing, I need everything uh, from, you know, country to tool to, you know, pop, dance now stuff. Now, how come you're not and, using like a, like, um, a Helix or a... Or, um, you know, like a Kemper or something like Cause that. Because they sound like butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, Rob they, is they, a purist. Hey, I'm just checking. I, I am, and, and, and it's funny. And, you know, I have a discussion at least once a week with a customer that, you know, comes in and, yeah, well, you know, I just use my tube amp at home, but I use my Helix out and this and this. And, well, have you tried version 9.7.6, <laughs> you know, blah, blah? It's always, I get that all the time. It's like, well, well but have you tried the newest too, one? So it's like, you know. Well, but these people, uh, then I say these people, <laughs> um, a lot of guitar players are like, oh, no, no, the newest version is just like it. And then I see them six months later, like, oh, yeah, that one that one had lots of weird things. And yeah, but now the new version of the quad cortex is the one you want. And it's like, oh. Dude, no, no. They're it's all it. emulating what we already have. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I never went, because I remember the late 80s and the 90s when I used to haul rack mounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, how, and how long it actually took. It's you know, program. you have everything set up, and then you show up at practice and can't hear yourself. <laughs> and it's at practice. And I'm like, yeah, and it's just like, you know what? I, 
I went back to pedals just because of that, and yeah. I haven't gone back. And I you know Todd's always told me about that, the little device that you use. I even forgot what it is. It's how much attention I pay. Uh, <laughs> wow. He's the, like, the stomp? No. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, oh, you should try this out. And I, all I'm thinking is just flashback to, like, sitting there and, like, getting your clean sound and then making yeah. sure that you're even. It's like... And, you know, when I was single, I had all the time in the world. But, you know, like now it's just like, hey, when are you going to be done? Yeah. And you're never done. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So, well, I, I think using that for like I use it for modulation. So I have mm-hmm. a single unit that can do all the modulation that I need. And, and, and I'm not saying like all the Helix and Quad, they're, they're junk. Every piece of gear has its purpose. Yeah. If, if I was yeah. playing at a at a church, let's say, where they wouldn't allow us anything stu- on stage, I mean, a, yeah. I mean, a big, a bigger show. Actually, a bigger show. That that is Don't the. I would reaper. bring out more gear because if I'm at that size of a show, then I can mm. pay for a real backline, and and I would have an AB ABC mm. rig with a Vox, a Fender, and a Marshall, and you know, I mean, that, that's what that's what kills me is the really big bands that can support bringing a live rig and they don't it's like okay then you just don't hear and feel the difference and that's cool if you're that guy yeah but there's no excuse like ah you know we need to you know slim down or whatever it's like yeah but you got 19 trucks full of lights so rolling rolling one road case on there with a couple heads pre-wired you know (laughs) curious if i if i had somebody carrying all my stuff exactly you know what i need my main app then i need a backup for that then an AB going through this and a mm-hmm. backup for that one. So, yeah. 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 And there are actually, there are a lot of tours, the Paramore tour that just came through. Mm. Both Paramore, and I don't remember who the opening band was or the support act, but both of them were 100% analog gear, tube amps. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. And they were even running on, the reason I know this is uh, the um, amp rx guys that do the brown boxes yeah all they use their stuff on all their rigs to keep their voltage yeah. exact so it's you know they're like purists in both mm-hmm. those bands so interesting but anyways. Nice. well all right congratulations so, yeah. on you so new amp yep <laughs> uh jared how about yourself well i had this 1974 poopy brown color uh sg <laughs> custom that i bought right before i uh, moved to nashville uh, sent it up to the guys at LA's, and uh, they had it for a good long while. Um, and they they finished it. Did I bring this up on another podcast? I think I did, and uh, but I don't think it was finished at that point. No, but uh, it is finished now. And um, my guy, t- my guy um, at Pit Guardian, I can't remember his name. I think it's Tony Borunsky. <laughs> Did a fine job. He did a great job on the pit guard. He sent me a clear, and I just marked did the, the best I could to mark the little holes, and everything was perfect. So just another testimony for my man, Tony. Thank you, Jared. Um, Is the SG yep. still poopy brown, or did you refinish it? No, oh, man, I had it done in cherry. It looks oh. awesome. It's cherry. Uh, it's cherry, and it's got the white pit guard, but it's got, like, the... the um, it's got pickup rings. I thought I was doing. Oh. I thought about doing the full guard white, but I, it's just the you know mm-hmm. the small guard mid seventies. But the oh, neck is surprisingly guard. it's it's not 
too pencil neckish, so I'm actually happy with it. But here's here's the thing with those guitars, though, that I quickly found out and figured out. Um, usually, small guard guitars have um, they have uh, truss rod covers, and, or I mean, not I'm sorry, tenon covers. The tenon cover is in between the rhythm pickup and the actual end of the neck to cover that joint mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Well, in the 70s, they had those huge uh, uh, harmonica bridges. So what they did was they kind of moved the pickups up right up against that uh. the, the rhythm. And I had that harmonica bridge taken off. And then I had the an ABR1 put on. But what happened was because of the position of the pickups, it's further away and their position more closer to the neck, I don't get a a raunchy, clear, trebly mm. bridge sound like I do on the other SGs because the pickup is further away from the actual bridge. So well, it's that, not that a, makes sense. It's probably about so an inch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say yeah, that, it that, is. that's uh that's at least a half an inch and that, that can make a world of difference. Yeah. It's especially it's, in the bridge. It's a position. crazy notable difference. It really is. It's a very uh sonic it's a big time notable difference and at first i'm like gosh darn I man, I don't like this. <laughs> well i i didn't like it at first but but um and then i thought how many other guitars do i have like this none was none. that was that your inner voice that just did that mm-hmm. and yes. i thought <laughs> so now you're on the hunt for another that. one no <laughs> i'm happy with this one and i'm happy the way it is if you if you dirty it up and uh, just kind of mess with the tone there. It actually sounds pretty good, so I'm very happy with the guitar. How did you end up wiring it? Because since it's a three pickup, you wired the neck and the in the middle together. On I the, did, on but I I uh, I put a cutoff switch to the middle though. So okay. I have a push pull cool. in one of the tone pots, and I and you can cut the middle off. Oh, it's okay. no fun though. And I I have the middle uh, I have it out of phase too. So okay. So you can, when you use the volume pot for the middle and it's out of phase, you have very little room, but you can find some pretty cool tones, you know. Nice. You can sound like Tony Iommi, you know. So Neato. It's, it's pretty, yep, pretty interesting. So I I got more than I bargained for tonal-wise with that guitar. Awesome. So I, yep, it's pretty interesting, weird stuff. But uh, I got a question, though. Okay. What about you, Todd? Well, we What's need to check in with he- with Hex first. Oh, that's right. All, that's that, right. That's all good. Right. I appreciate you you checking in on me there, buddy. Todd. I had a question. Uh, yes. What, what about, about Hex? what about you, Hex? Uh, well, I haven't bought anything new in a while. I well, the last thing I actually bought one of those um, Daredevil pedals, Northern Creepers. Oh yeah, it's a good one. And I love the fuzz on that thing. Yeah, it's really. It's good. like. It's just, it's like perfect. It cuts through the mix. And besides that, I'm just playing shows. I'm playing tomorrow night in Mansfield with the new band I just joined with my wife, 45 Spider. And it's going to be a good little gig. Cool. We're in Mansfield. Yeah, we got to set up a show, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's called The Brick House. Okay, not familiar with it. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it either. It's going to be like first time we're there, but they have three bands, and we're like right in the middle, the perfect slot. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Neato. 
Uh, Mansfield. Mansfield's famous for Ow. what, you guys? Heroin? A reformatory. Uh, yeah, the reformatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually are. I think they're the right. jail. <laughs> and then it goes hand to hand, see? Yeah. The Shawshank. Jail. Redemption. Redemption. Yes. Prison. Anyways, uh, for me. How about you, Todd? Well, thank you, Tony and Jared. Um, yeah. So we're in the middle of writing a bunch of new stuff for my band, the Valentinos. And there's one track that I was, I was just kind of, um, we put everything on Trello now. I don't know if anybody out there uses Trello, but I highly recommend it for uh, putting songs together because it kind of acts almost like as an index card stacks. So you can say, here's the song. You can add your clips to it. You can put in notes. You can shuffle it around based on when you want to work on things. We've tagged it with, like, this needs lyrics, uh, you know, a label that, uh, you know, if it's red, it's this, these lyrics. If it's green, it needs a solo, da-da-da-da-da. So it's, it's really helpful for us to use that. And that's actually what I use for the guitar knobs here. Oh. Everything's organized in Trello. Do you uh, find a bass player yet? Still working on it, um, and the funny thing is, uh, like our the bass player that that because he moved away, um, he's like, man, I still want to do this, please, 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 and we <laughs> we love him. We don't want him to go, but we're like, this is very impossible to to do this. Where do you move? North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a long commute. I thought you might I say like well Cincy or Cleveland, but yeah. No. <laughs> So, anyways, we have a couple shows uh, coming up still for this year, and I think he's gonna he's gonna do them unless somehow magically we sort this out. But um, yeah, it's it's in a uh, we're in a position that I I don't I do not like being in, but it's that's where we're at. Anyways, writing all this stuff, and one of the tracks that that we were uploading because I've got just loads and loads of like, hey, here's a riff, there's a here's an idea for a song. I kicked it open, and I was like, ooh. Oh my, I kind of like this. And then last night, it was just super late. I, I was kind of fidgety, and I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it up." And I started playing that, and like almost finished the whole song. And I was like, "What? That's been kicking around for like a year." So oh, wow. just because you don't finish song right away, don't yeah. give up on it, everybody. I'm very excited about it too. Nice, right, cool. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen. On to Vox 101. Vox Amps. Yay! Vox Amps 101. And uh, we've got two experts here that's going to talk to us about it. Uh, Tony has, how many pages is that book? That is one of the biggest books I've ever seen <laughs> in, uh, of any kind, really, honestly. Got all the schematics Have you picked it, it up yet? Oh, it's, it's about 13 inches tall. It's got to be at least three inches wide. And or, uh, from the spine, and oh, about it might be longer than 13 inches tall. Uh, 682 682 pages. pages. That's a oh, 20 wow. pound book any day of the week. Uh, it's more than 20 pounds. Is it really? Oh my gosh, that's like a 25 pound book. It's Rob, ridiculous. It I know. No, that really hurt somebody like, with that. Man, oh, that is yeah. that's really heavy. It sounds like the books I used to use in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is so anyhow, the book that, that Todd's referring to is called Vox Amplifiers, the JMI Years. Yeah. And this is I mean, this is literally the Bible of uh Vox early yes. you know, any the JMI era. Uh boy, and it doesn't get much better than that. And and it doesn't get more detailed than that. I mean anything from That is amazing. The knobs to everything. It's Wait a it's minute. There's literally they 
do a rundown of the different knobs. Yeah, yes. of every different knob they ever used. Yep. But Tony, Tony, set our audience up for what about we're what, what we're about to get into. We're gonna take you on a little journey. Yes. Um, and uh, what's cool about this is it's actually a, a remarkably brief journey because. Um, well, I hope not. We got about an hour to go. So. Oh, <laughs> well, I got. I have to be home by five. Start talking slower. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk slower. Well, I mean, when you talk about the critical years for Vox amplifiers, yes, it's a. It is a relatively short period of time, and there's some really interesting twists and turns and things. And um, in the carryover, can you before you even get in there? Yes. Let's do just we're, uh, elevator. We're at the floor. Uh, we're at the ground floor. We're going to go to floor number three. Yes. Tell us, Vox. What do we what What do we need to know about Vox uh, as far as like what do they sound like? So and, and for and how for about those why? that maybe have not played them and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, if you want a British chimey sound you know certainly that of the 60s uh that's the sound of a vox amplifier you have to remember at the time these came out there was uh, a ban on importing things from the united states that ran until 1959 so a lot of bands and players in the uk couldn't get fenders they couldn't get gibsons they couldn't and so you know until you know the turn of the 60s uh they they had this so you know what was being developed over there were marshalls uh voxes and a couple of others uh selmers there was just a a, a, a lot selmers of was german mm. am i wrong i thought selmers were made in the uk but i could be oh, wrong. okay oh, well. whatever <laughs> like both you like hey, professor yeah, figure well. that out it's but, still Europe. Yeah, still your Euro, you know, Euro uh based companies. Um and what's kind of cool, and we'll go get into a little more detail on this, but uh Vox amps in particular uh, were actually developed for guitars. Whereas Fenders and Gibsons and most other manufacturers took either hi-fi or movie projector or various other schematics that were out there, um, these were actually developed to make the best guitar sounds, or at least as the designer designed them, to get the best guitar sounds out of them. Todd was right. Yeah, uh, no, no. No, they were, they were made in UK. What? Actually, but, yeah. but it's weird. It's uh, an, it's an amp. A uh, line of a French company, so I guess okay. somewhere at that time was French owned, but ah. they, they were made in the UK. So well, there you go. Actually, I have a little question. You know, I don't. This actually might open like a can of worms down in the. <laughs> so I do it. Actually, I actually heard. Uh, can I mention another show without getting in sure? Trouble? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that pedal show. They were actually talking about the origins of Vox. And one of the guys, I think it was Dan, he said that he actually played one, and the original ones were made with EL84s. Yep. And they couldn't actually fit them in the casing, and that's why they switched to EL34s. 
something like that. I just, you know, I I, I heard the story and I'm like, hmm. No. Never heard about that. No. Dan's yeah. wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> wrong. No, we'll talk a little bit yeah. about that because cool. there was a series of amps that came out with EL-34s, uh, okay. which would be similar to Marshall's. They finally came to uh, their senses. I got yeah. it backwards. Yes. That's, that's, that's what it was. Yes. I got it backwards. Um, so when we go through this, there's really two names for the classic Vox years that you need to know. Yes. That's Tom Jennings. Okay. And uh, Dick Denny. All right. Now, Tom Jennings uh, was uh, really the guy that started the company, and Dick Denny was the guy who really came up with the, you know, designing the amps. Um, these two guys were uh, knew each other in World War II. Uh, they played in bands during off times in, in World War II, and then they went their separate ways after the war. And um, Tom Jennings, uh, in the early 50s, uh, started, of all things, an organ company. But a lot of these companies started as organ mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. Baldwin yeah. started as, or yeah. as an organ company, and who else? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you know, of them. So, so <laughs> there's, 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 name many. Yeah, so there were many. <laughs> There were a lot of One. organs, and they, you know, that branched out into accordions and, yes. and different things like that. And um, in 1957, um, Jennings uh, changed it from the the uh, Jennings Organ Company to uh, the Jennings Musical Instruments, so it widened the spectrum. Because at that time. You know, skiffle music was coming about in the UK. Skiffle music. Skiffle. Okay. Skiffle. He's just so making Jimmy words Page, up. Just let him Jimmy go. Page played skiffle. Yeah, it was, it was like you know street musicians, okay. folk music mm-hmm. kind of thing. The Beatles you know, did. The the one string bass buskers. You know that one busking. Skiffling yeah, around. Kind of like busking. All right, whatever. Go ahead. Well, in in the also around the same time, Dick Denny had approached uh, uh, Tom Jennings with his amp design, and it was really the basic what would become the AC-15, uh, which was the first uh, amp that, that uh, Vox put out. What does AC stand for? AC stands for Amplifier Combined with Speaker 15 Watts. Wow. Mm. I'll be done. Engineers. So somebody, some I other people it. would say Amp Combo yeah. 15 or Watts, but combo uh, officially. A CA-15. That's amp- what it should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> These guys got everything wrong. Jeez. Well, oh, you know, they're, okay, Brit- they're British, you know. Yes. So um, in 57, that's really when the first AC-15 was dropped at the, in, in the UK. Okay. And what the AC-15 was was just, a, you know, basically a, a two-channel, 15-watt, which really sounds more like 20 to 25 watts. Uh, yes. Because they were, they were loud then and they're loud now. Uh, and they're always, uh, you know, uh, Rob can probably address this, maybe the plate voltage or whatever they're running them at. They're running them at the top end of the, of the tube spectrum. Yep. For the so I got a question for Rob on that really quick. Uh, Rob, please answer this Todd. question. <laughs> so he just said, and these are really loud. Now, if we're saying, if you think about, like, 15-watt amps uh, across the board, and like, this is a 15, that's a 15, that's a 15, are they all radically different 
from what oh, their loudness is. Um, and I realize uh, watts don't equal loud. I know that, but... Watts don't equal loud. It depends on how efficient the speaker is, of course, which can drastically change the actual decibel level. But for most guitar players, loud is not just actually like db meter it's actually how it responds um and i think a lot of reason that a lot of people think vox amps are loud which i agree with that they're they're kind of unruly almost um there's no negative feedback in the circuit and it's class a and it just responds quite drastically different than any typical marshall brown or blackface or silver mm-hmm. fender so that gives it that extra kind of like you hit a note it's like whoa that thing's loud you know gotcha right that's what I was going to say. You yeah. answered correctly. Go <laughs> ahead. Well, I'm glad 1958, what happens? Well, in 1958... We got two pages to get through, Tony. I'm working on it. I'm working on <laughs> it. We're still in 58. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this well, up. you got you to gotta know where these things come from. Come I on, Tony. i got plans on Saturday. Come all righty. All righty. So, in addition to the AC-15 in 1958, uh, Vox introduced an AC-4, which was a 4-watt amp, hmm. kind of a practice amp, okay. and an AC-10 which was a 10-watt amp for a student amplifier that had two 10-inch speakers in it. Right. Um, the following year, and this is what you know, pretty much everyone, when you think Vox, you usually think AC30. Uh, well, that's the year in 1959 uh, that the AC, first AC30s came off the production. Hello? <laughs> what was that? What was that? Hang on. I'll get to the bottom of this. Somebody's being... Oh, I know. I know what Hex is doing. All right. Anyways, continue. Well, it's not me. Oh, it wasn't you? No. Oh. Jared? No. That was the guiltiest no I've ever heard. Yeah, was like this. I haven't even touched my computer except for I don't want the screensaver to come on. So. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So anyhow, the, the first AC30s are available in 1959. And this is, in 1961, it was the top boost option, which basically uh, brought extra brightness a little more beef to the uh, to the to the front end of the amplifier, and that's really I think what a lot of people you know you, you think of an AC30 TB uh, that 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 has the extra was, chime and the was was the first AC30 only a two channel? Yes. Okay, and then when they redesigned it, it became the three channel with six inputs. That's right? later. Oh, that's not even then. Okay. No, that's not then. It's on the sheet, Rob. I don't know. If you, if you would re- read this stuff. If you would review your sheets before the show, no. Um, yeah, that comes later. Um, in 1962, <laughs> God love them, the Beatles get their first AC-30s. And that was really, you know, I think the Beatles more than any other group really uh, drove the sales for Vox, uh, especially through the 1960s, uh, it, it would be tough to uh, it would be tough to think of another band. Although there are other a ton of basically any UK band probably played a Vox at one time or another. Yeah, what about yeah. the Stones? Yeah, Stones had yeah. Uh, had they had some Vox amps in there too. Um, and in in keeping up with the Beatles uh, in '63. 
Dick Denny designed the AC-50 and the AC-100 for specifically for the Beatles. So a 50-watt amp for the guitars and a 100-watt amp for the bass. And those were the first EL-34, so similar to what Marshall okay. uses. That became the, you know, in order to get the higher output, uh, that, was, uh, that, that, that was what they used. And those became very popular amps, although still not as popular as, you know, to this day, I think the AC-15 and AC-30 are still probably the most sought after. Uh, but because of their relationship with the Beatles, the AC-50 and 100s are probably, you know, some people want to have those too. Can you imagine how definitely loud that would be before you got it to that point of like to slight breakup like you can of 15 or 30? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, you'd, it'd have to be in your basement and you three doors down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And I, I can already hear my singer going like, "That's too loud." Man. <laughs> turn it. Can, wow. you, can you turn that down? You just a carry bit? it in. He's like, "You're too loud." <laughs> so in 1964, this is kind of the beginning of the end of what I would call the classic years of Vox. Um, they the, wait. It's already over. Well, it, it, it continues for a while. Too hey, many Christmas. So in '64, they struck a license deal with the uh, Thomas Organ Company in the United States, in California. Now, Tom Jennings mistakenly thought that's that Organ the, Company number two. Yes, <laughs> um, three, three technically, and they're not even in Oregon, the state. Yeah. Um, so Tom Jennings mistakenly thought that signing this agreement would allow distribution in the United States for UK made amps. Ro-ro. He was wrong. He didn't read it he before. Might, I don't think he read it. He Had got, he been drinking that day? Well, it's, it's quite possible. <laughs> so, uh, sadly, uh, the Thomas Organ era amps that were made in the United States were mostly solid, I think entirely solid state and not very good. And a lot of people that bought them because of their association with the Beatles said, huh, why don't these sound like the Beatle amps? So, so let me go on here. So did Thomas Oregon, did they even import any and they offered the Salt State? Or is it just, sorry, we're just going to do our own thing. Thank you for using I your name. I think they basically got the, the right to use the name. In the U.S. In the United States. And they could put on what? They wanted, and they basically designed all their own solid-state amps that were... Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Not. that brings up a good question that we'll get to when we're talking about, hey, so I want to purchase a vintage Vox. Yeah. We'll get back to that. Okay. Yes, we will get back to that. Um, in 66, Dick Denny started developing some uh, solid-state UK amps, the Conqueror and the Defiant which were actually pretty good solid-state amps. Uh, rumor has it that the Beatles used them on some recordings, so I, I don't know. I, that, that one is, uh, you know, might be in the rumor mill. 67, Jennings and Denny leave Vox. They've had enough. Hmm. And they start uh, a, a short-lived company called uh, Jennings Electronic Industries, J-E-I. And they released a couple of, uh, they did an AC-40, uh, they had a couple of amps, but it, it just really didn't, didn't work. I mean, you know, it was just a company, I think at that point in time, you know, the Vox name became, 
the amp to have if you're if you're going for that sound and it just the fell kind of fell apart mm -hmm. pretty much you can compare it to gnl guitars yeah you could probably i mean that would be that would well, be similar is, is that coming up What's that? Well, just that they reform or something. Like that. Well, they did, um, but that was really the end of, of their relationship. I mean, Tom Jennings went came back to help uh, when CBS Arbiter uh, purchased the, the the company. Well, everybody was buying everything. So. Yeah. Well, right. anything mm -hmm. CBS had money to burn apparently. Um, Nineteen seventy. Uh, JMI name. Well, actually, 68. You skipped 68. 68. That was the JEI. That's yes. Just... By skip, I mean you, you didn't stay there. Because you know what else happened in 1968? The Super Beetle. Not oh, the yeah. car, but the really cool-looking Vox amp with the, with the uh, trapezoid heads. Oh, those uh, came out before then. Unless, well, maybe. But the, the one I'm looking at says 1968. <laughs> the one you like. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but that was a that was a, one of the maybe one of the first like all inclusive amps. Is that fair to say? Tremolo, reverb, distortion, and and uh, uh, it had an e tuner on it. Well, that wouldn't have been a UK made amp. I don't think. Well, I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying okay. it was 1968. Well, it's not because that's what it says here. Can we can we stick to my script? Sure, sure, sure. I sure, mean, sure. It, you, you think you're so bright, <laughs> jumping on that internet and and finding all these little tidbits. But, that, but on that's one of the cooler somewhere. ones. Whenever you see that, you're like, oh, that looks cool. Well, the, to to be the yeah, uh, the AC50 and the AC100s were also on the the chrome stands too. Yeah, but not trapezoid though. Okay, they weren't trapezoid. Okay. <sighs> Oh, why do I do this? Todd Wayans. Todd Wayans. <laughs> Todd Wayans. <laughs> Todd Wayans. <laughs> okay. Go, go ahead, Donnie. In 1970, the JMI name gets changed to Vox Sounds Limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 72, CBS Arbiter buys Vox. Uh, in 79, Rose now, Morris. And the CBS Arbiter, Dallas Arbiter. Dallas Arbiter. Which was a UK brand. Yes. Yeah. But... Are they still UK at that point? Well, since they're owned by CBS, probably not. Okay. Um, <laughs> although they, they continue to manufacture amps in the UK all this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, you know. It, it, what a mess. There, there was also, there were a lot of them that were made in Italy. Uh, <laughs> Naturally. Well, um, well, there's a natural extension because we're, all, we're not going to talk about it today. Um, a lot of the Vox guitars the production was shifted over to Italy. Right. Um, so by extension, there's a lot of uh, amps that Italian-made Voxes. This is when everybody was drinking heavily at work every what, day. What what kind of year time frame did they start doing split production in different locations? Probably in the late 60s. See, and, and that's, yeah, okay. So whenever anybody asks me about vintage Vox, mm -hmm. I'm like, well. What do you mean vintage exactly? Vox? Because I'm yeah. always like, I'm so confused because like, well, this year they made it here, but then this year they made this over here and they changed the circuit like this and this had a, oh yeah, the back was slightly different. It was like, and they, you know, and when Jimmy made them, they had this, but when yeah. Tom made them, they, they, you know, it was like. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely right. And there, there are a lot of. So this is why you have to have a 25 pound book yeah, about us. Basically, I, I mean, but yeah, there's a lot of pitfalls in getting involved with so-called vintage voxes. Yeah. Unless that's we'll know, get into that. One. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry I'm just curious. I didn't know they were making amps in Italy. So. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So um, 
1979, Rose Morris, uh, the uh, their retail store in the UK, uh, they buy Vox. Um, and from CBS. From CBS Arbiter. And uh, they, they ran that well through the you know, 80s, even into the 90s. And they actually had a, a, some pretty decent, you know, what we would call reissues or whatever. All right. Uh, they tried to, you know, get back to the program. Um, in uh, 1992, Korg of all places, buys Vox. Yes, naturally. And um, the, one of the things that came out in the in the mid-90s, around 96, the AC-15, which hadn't been on available as a model for about 26 years, they reintroduced it, uh, that model, this time as the AC-15 TBRX, which stands for AC-15 Top Boost Reverb, X means a blue Elnico speaker. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they is, also- is it fair to say that in the years like after the late sixties, we didn't we really didn't see a lot of Voxes like on stages and stuff, minus like Queen and stuff. Well, I, I think there was a is that a, I'm, there was I'm a asking change. open. Well, yeah, there I think there was a a, a change in musical style. Well, ruling but, the, but there yeah. was a lot of lot of different stuff on stage. You see all kinds of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean you had High Watts, Sound, Sound City. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah but I mean, Super, no, but yeah, just everything. But I'm talking about Voxes. Yeah, I, 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 they had a specific I, well, specific sound. Well, I would say maybe it w- didn't seem as predominant as it did in, earlier, in the early years because there were so limited options. So, like like Tony said in the early sixties, if you were in UK, it's like, well, you get you're either using Vox or was Highway right. even around then? I mean, no, Highway no. wasn't around. Yeah, then. so so whereas later, it's like I don't necessarily think it would have been like, wow, they've disappeared. It's just they were one of, but. If you're thinking about if if we're going back to those years and we're talking about big stage sound, mm-hmm. I mean Marshalls and and High Watts were kind of those were the, that was it that was right it. because they were the ones who were putting out these huge water jams right yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. okay I'm just asking Sound City yeah yeah I mean yeah yeah there yeah there's hey, Sound City right there <laughs> it's for sale if you want it. Okay, yeah, I know that. and then you know just just to bring us into the 2000s. Thank goodness. Um, the in, uh, Korg Vox uh, in, shifted their production over to China with the uh, CC series. Yes, and um, those are actually affordable. Very. They're decent sounding versions of Voxes. You know, it's a it's a, a circuit board amp. But, you know, when you say decent sounding, I mean, if that's all that is available except for the very exclusive hand wired. Yeah. For the last 30 years. Yeah. It's a Vox. They're solid amps. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. And, and, and they're yeah. good. And they're and they're they're built, uh, I think, you know, pretty with, yeah, with the, good components. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah mean, especially it's all about, the, you know. You know, price really what it comes down to. Now, something that you kind of—I uh, don't want to say skipped over anything—but um, when Korg um, took them over, that was when they kind of redesigned things too. Not just the AC15, mm-hmm. but the 30 also. Yeah, they made some changes, drastic changes to the 30. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right around the same time. So I mean, from there forward, from uh, what mid 90s on, they really haven't changed anything. They've just reused old. 
I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, and, and they've 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 done well. We'll we'll get into yeah. the okay, specifics sorry. of each of the, each of the eras. Uh, go Tony. Call them the eras. Go Tony. So I think most people, when you think Vox amps, you think AC15, you think AC30, and I think that's what the majority of what well, we want to focus there. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, the AC15 amplifier combined with speaker, 15 watts, and. Again, as I said earlier, this amp was designed specifically for, voiced for guitars. And rather than, you know, using some off-the-shelf schematic and saying, oh, this used to be a film projector, and now it's an amplifier. I got one of those, too, right over yes, there. Yes, you do. <laughs> Is that also for sale? <laughs> no, that was not. <laughs> um, so some of the, the details of the AC-15 that I think are important... Uh, the original series had an EF86 uh, tube for its, its preamp tube. Now, from what I'm told, that is a kind of a problematic tube. <laughs> it must be they switched. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- uh, <laughs> what I what hate, do you think? I hate EF86s. Yeah. What, what else would an EF86 be found in? Um, a very low-gain mic pre. Okay. They, they they are very high gain high noise um, tube. Okay, and it's a I think it's a pentode. Is what I think it is it's, a pentode. Yeah, it, what makes them so That's prone what I was gonna to say. prone to noise when you're using them in the first stage with a relatively hot signal that comes out of a guitar. Yeah, yeah. compared to they don't they don't take kindly to getting bounced around inside no, of a no inside of a combo. No, they don't. They're okay. Yeah, um, and the AC15 had a pair of EL84s. Duh. Okay. That makes sense, right? Uh, a tube rectifier, uh, the EZ81. Mm-hmm. And this is, I, I, I'd asked uh, earlier about this Mullard phase inverter, also known as a long-tailed pair. Rob, can you? I have no idea what you're talking about. No, come on. Um, no. So, I, yeah, I didn't know that Mullard was the company that first published the circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, but I didn't know that. Um, long-tailed, tall, long-tailed pair uh, is a description of how the circuit kind of works. Up until this point, how I'm going to sound as much as possible. Higher wattage amps, you have two output tubes, at least two output tubes, that typically run push-pull. And and one signal to one is in phase. The other one's out of, sig- out of phase by 180 degrees. The only way to do that was to use a tube a single uh, one half of a preamp tube and um, the signal comes out of a tube once it's amplified is flipped so they would send the signal before the tube to one tube the signal after that preamp tube to the other tube not very efficient there's no gain there's only noise introduced you can actually lose signal um, very hard to match it because you're taking you're trying to amplify a signal and get exactly the right amplification factor back out of it to match the uh, the prior signal the signal before it um, the long-tailed pair, um, it amplifies both halves of the wave, and um, it actually sh- uses a shared cathode to match, help match the signals. Um, and you can adjust the plate resistor by tiny amounts, too, to get them to match better. So you get amplification to drive the output tubes with a cleaner signal, and it's a better way to match. It's a little more efficient in terms it's, of circuitry. It's more efficient, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just all around better. You know, more horsepower, a cleaner circuit. Um, it's a different sound, of course, but yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple of other features on AC15 that uh, we'll t- some of these we'll talk about a little bit more in detail. The cut control, 
which nobody understands how to use. That was pretty neat. Um, that is actually true. I actually set mine up and just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> leave it till it sounds where it's supposed to. The yeah. cut control essentially is a low pass filter. And it, sort it, of. Well, it's pretty neat how it works, actually. Oh, really? It takes those two signals that are out of phase from one another, uh-huh. one going to one tube, one going oh, to the good. other tube, and there's a potentiometer, which is a resistor, and a cap. I'll send you the. Hey, Jared, mute. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the resistor and capacitor between those two signals go into each one of the tubes. So, again, in phase, out of phase signals. Okay. And as you um, decrease the resistance, certain frequencies are then passed through that LC network, so then certain frequencies cancel each other out. Ah. I'm going to put the, the theme end. of the X-Files over that, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, basically, as, as you turn it down, then the high signal bleeds between the two, canceling each other out, leaving only lower frequencies intact. Nice. Oh, it's, okay. It's so that's, that's why they call it a tone cut, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, cut, yeah. And it's just a simple... Um, RC network and it's basically it's, take a take some of the high end bite out of uh, the louder that you get as you turn down the resistance then the frequency drops so okay. you'll, uh, you're allowing more frequencies from the high end down oh, okay. to, yeah. to be cut off it's really it's a neat circuit but yeah nobody had done it to that point so right very cool nice on you Vox go and, ahead Tony and uh, other features uh, the, the Vibrovox trim vibrato that is a really that's nice that's really cool well yeah. then the vibrato it's yeah. actually vibrato yeah. that you know shifts out of yeah. phase. That's yeah. yeah. And then uh, eventually, the originals did not have uh, Celestian Alnico Blues, uh, but th- that became kind of the standard yeah. amplifier speaker for for Voxes. Uh, and what that is is just a it's a relatively low wattage speaker. I think it's rated at fifteen watts. Fifteen watts, yeah. Uh, little teeny tiny voice coil, but the magnet is made of Alnico, mm-hmm. and um, Usually has like a what we call a bell, bell housing on the back. Yeah, so you can kind of and yeah. of course they're blue, blue. Uh, although later they use they painted them silver yeah. for for some reason. Quite expensive these days. They're expensive, but boy, I I, I love them. Yeah, me me likey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm running on my AC30 right now. Yeah, they're the blue Alnicos. Yeah, a pair. Have yeah. you ever mixed I, it? Done a silver and a blue. I almost did because I have one of my good friends. He has an AC30 with the greenbacks on it, mm-hmm. and we were actually gonna do a swap, and it just never happened. Yeah, the the putting a silver with the blue or a gold with the blue is really cool. Kind of yeah. makes it a little broader, in my opinion. You know, what one doesn't have, the other one has a wider range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really like. Mm-hmm. I've got an Alnico gold in in a two twelve cabinet along with a greenback. And yeah, I mean, it is it it's 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 one of the best sounding speakers I think I've ever used. Mm-hmm. So all that is the gold is just basically a higher uh, voltage or higher wattage rated uh, Alnico Blue. Okay, I think it's rated at fifty watts, maybe. Sounds right. Yeah. I don't know either off the top of my head. Fifty, fifty-five, whatever. I like this. AC thirty. AC thirty. Go. Okay, so how do you make an AC fifteen into an AC thirty? You double everything. Yeah, you multiply by two. Yeah, you put you put a quad of EL84s in it, um, and well, you have to beef up the the transformers too. Yeah, I suppose I mean, so. That, that's important. Uh, but what they found is originally they were running the EF86 preamp tube, 
and it was getting very noisy and making things not so nice. So they eventually, on the AC-30s, changed it to the UK is ECC-83. We call it a 12AX7. It's a little more versatile, a little more... A lot more versatile. I think it's in everything. Yeah. I mean, it's in everything. It's the sta- oh, it yeah. is the standard preamp tube. Um, Why do they keep the uh, 86 and the uh, AC-15 then? It seems odd that they would switch, you know, the the preamp circuit for the normal channel. And I, I'm not 100 percent historic. Sure. Is there any historic value in that? I don't think they were concerned with history. Yeah, I, mean, I think they were. That they were was only four the, years old or whatever. You know, that was yeah. the sound, and I think they said, "Well, because it's not rattling as much as an AC30, I guess we'll just do it <laughs> okay. this way." So that's that's. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, also on the AC30s, eventually the top boost circuit which, again, we talked a little bit earlier, was you know, a, a way to increase the brightness and chiminess of, the, of that channel. Uh, a little more beefy, I guess, too. Boof. Boof. <coughs> and uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's the AC-15 and the AC-30. Right. And we love them. We know them. They're the two most popular ones, right? Well, I think they really are. I mean, if in terms of, you know, if you're not looking for a practice amp or whatever. So let's kind of talk a little bit about the eras, okay, post-JMI, uh, and some of the amps that came out during those time frames. Some good, some not so good. Um, so the Thomas Organ Vox amps, which were mostly solid-state amps made in the United States. But surprisingly, they came up with a clever ploy to come up with names that sounded somewhat British. Like, for instance, the Westminster, the Royal Guardsman, and the Cambridge. Um, And as we said a little earlier, I think a lot of people that bought these USA models were disappointed uh, because they didn't sound like the amps that the Beatles were playing because they were totally different amps. What? Totally. Uh, You know, a tube amp versus a solid state, especially in that point of time yeah there was <coughs> no bueno uh after thomas organ vox sounds limited arbiter rose morris vox amps um in 1970 that was the first ac30 with a uh circuit board as a pcb and they also added reverb at that time <clears throat> in the 90s um uh, rose morris upgraded the to their ac30s to closer to original specs, still though with a with a PCB, and uh, there was a limited edition AC30. We'll call it a reissue, uh, combo, and also a piggyback version. Uh, and those for the era were probably the closest to the early '60s or early to mid '60s AC30s. Is that the uh, TB6 <coughs> model? Um, yeah, well, no, th- that would have been the uh, in the, the 90s, the Rose Morris, uh, when they upgraded the AC30 specs. So that wasn't the TB6? Um, well, the TB6, I, I thought well, there was... was... A, there was a TB4, which is a four input, right. and a TB6, which had six inputs, which we'll talk... We, we can six talk. inputs? Six inputs, because yeah. there were basically... Three distinct channels. Three yeah. input oh channels. Yeah, so yeah, because wasn't there an input just for the, like if you wanted to use the tremolo and the reverb, you had to put it on mm-hmm. that input. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, separate channel. Yeah, I just didn't remember if it was Rose Morse or if it was uh, Korg that actually. Was no, it was pre Korg. So, so yeah. yeah, so that was that yeah, was right because so, yeah. it was early, early '90s when that dropped. And yep, uh, definitely. Um, and then uh, the Korg era, which you know, thankfully, you know, especially in more recent years, they they have come around to, I think, trying to to kind of renew the brand. And you know, take things back to kind of where they were. Um, there was uh, their first versions were the AC15 uh, TBRX, which is again top boost with reverb and Elnico speakers, and then the AC30 TBX. <coughs> and I think I, I think at that point they had shifted back to just four inputs. Uh, I think they the last of the six Sounds input right. amps would would have been. Early '90s, right? Which of those would have been the AC30 TB6? Yep. Yeah, and then um, again, we talked a little bit about the uh, the CC series, the Custom Classic. They did an AC15 and an AC30, um, and the neatest thing, and this is special to me because I have one of these, is the uh, hand wired series. So that would be the AC15 HW. And Those the, are probably the most coveted ones in modern <laughs> modern day of, of modern Vox amps because they're oh, yeah. they're still using turret boards uh, in, for the hand wired series uh, as opposed to circuit boards for for most of the other amps. That yeah, are in that line. the the but the circuit on the AC fifteen um, HW. It's um, now you you have an HW right right and that's that, that means hands wire hand, that doesn't hand, have that means reverb hand or wired. trim no reverb or trim <laughs> no reverb or trim but no EF eighty six right I it's a twelve eight I think it's an AX seven I'm almost positive it's an AX seven they well, had, you, you retubed mine so <laughs> yeah but I mean you know, don't you remember was. Yeah, don't you remember, remember my amp yeah yeah <laughs> it's every customer every day um, but uh, what I was gonna say was there was one I don't know if you're aware of it or not. It's, uh, Mid '90s, I think Korg was, did this one. It was called a uh, AC15H1, I think H1, and maybe something after it, TX or something. Uh-huh. Um, that was a reissue of the 15, the the early 15s. I had the the vibe trim, oh, okay, all yeah. that on it. it. It was only came out for a year. So talking about the most coveted as far as okay. later years, yeah, that would probably be the one, That's the one, because it was like. Huh. As close as you can get to the the oh, and I remember some of the Nam shows. There were they had finished wood cabinets hmm. that they, there was a nice. series. Yeah, the, I remember those. And that's a, I've never seen one of those. Huh? Oh, they're pretty. They're How pretty. About that? Um, so that's each of the, the the eras. You know, some of the ones I, I you know the least desirable are probably going to be the Thomas Organ era stuff. It's just not that good. Stuff with weird names, you mean? Yeah, the stuff with, with like Brit- the v- British name. And then there's the Vis account. Yeah. <laughs> which was also, that was a, 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 a like Car. a crossbreed with uh, Fender, actually. Was it? Yes. Uh, okay. For, uh, what do you speak of? I, I read it on the internet. No, of course, it has to be true. It's a cool name, though, the Viscount. Sounds like it's right here on this forum. The Viscount. <laughs> so I'd like to come back around to the question i was asked earlier today what's up during this podcast do i own a vox <laughs> not at, no, not at lunch <laughs> however i did own a vox i remember this now it was a the smaller vox i don't even think i had a tube in it but it had all the effects on it oh like it no, would, no no oh, like no, one no. of the, the little that doesn't count the, the ad yeah, series Valtronics. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. and i gave it 
I gave it to my niece um, when she was in high school for jazz band, so she would have something to practice with. No, oh, that's nice. That's but, that's a good, a nice good use. Lamp, I mean, yeah. was it a you know was it a take to gig at the bar amp? No, it wasn't. But it was a good little amp, man. So yeah, yeah I like Vox. Good. One Jared votes yes for Vox. I do. Put me down. Put me down in the Put him yes down for yes. Well, let's yep. talk about some peculiarities of Voxes, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the top one that probably, now this is referring mostly to AC-15s and AC-30s, is the top-mounted controls to the rear of the amp. Yes, I've been confused a couple of times just because, especially if you go from an AC-15 to an AC-30 mm-hmm. and everything's backwards. Yep. <laughs> I had a sound guy telling me, how come you're getting louder? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm turning it down. No, I was turning it up. <laughs> yeah, and some of them, as you said, uh, Hex, the, the actual plate is facing, you know, as if you were behind the amp. And yes. truth be told... In the day, a lot of players would have their amps sitting in front of them. Um, But more importantly, the reason that Voxes are set up that way is the layout of the... um, of of the amp itself and the position of the transformers. The Mm. transformers are mounted basically close to where the speakers are, and the preamp stage is behind... is, is to the rear of the amp. So you've, you've got some shielding there, and basically the only way to make that work is to have the controls on the top at the back of the amp. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they made the choice to mount that chassis, how we're thinking of it, 90 degrees different than Marshall did. Right. I mean, and, and it's in a combo. I, I mean, I guess Marshall just left it with transformers hanging down right well, this is transformers pushing forward <laughs> different choice i wonder why they chose that if it was easier in production well, or? i think in production from what i've read is that they were actually able to wire the whole amp up mm-hmm. and um have tubes and everything in it and because of the position of the transformers and the preamp stage if it rolled while it was on the line or you know on the on the work desk uh or bench rather um the tubes would be protected by the transformers. That's brilliant he's, because he's kinda yeah, right. like, they kind of are. That'd be great, especially if it sucks to play those live. <laughs> Honestly, that's why I got that's why I got rid of mine. I was I was I just got fed up because everything was backwards and upside down. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why didn't you just put a little piece of tape on that? You know, so you could read because it. Because I shouldn't have to. Oh, man. Whatever. Oh. Whatever. Make it right. Today's musicians. It's You're an inconvenience. Such an yeah. Amp snob. Yeah. You need a stomper for your voice. And, yeah. and uh, go so, back to your helix. Well, here, here's another. Here's another thing. Uh, uh, here's something else a uh, quirk about at least the the AC15 that I had, which was a CC. Yeah. Um, the actual um, potentiometers, like I, if I sneezed, they'd spin. Well, that was probably just your unit. Somebody had probably cleaned it out with something they shouldn't have. Mm. Yeah, because from the factory, they don't come like that. Yeah, there should be friction. Yeah, there'll be a certain amount of friction. Nine friction. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah, so somebody used WD-40 at some point. That's stupid. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. 
Agreed. All right. But All right. You fine. You can't Box, hold you can have that yeah. one back. Yeah. That's not on that. <laughs> I like the smell of WD-40. Is that a sin? It is not a it's sin. A little, a little awkward, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. You might have a problem. I bet you. I bet you. You like. You like the smell of zinc too, like diaper rash uh, stuff. No. Yeah. No. I bet you do. Okay. Go ahead, Tony. Maybe. All right. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Uh. Quirks and, Vox quirks and oddities. Quirks, oh, yeah. and, quirks and oddities <laughs> of uh, things. Hex, you yeah. have been playing with one for a long time. Uh, several. What are some of the things that you are not a fan of on the on the Vox? Weight. <laughs> Just okay. a general weight of them. Um, That's I, right. I love their. I love the sound. If I actually had to pick between a twin reverb and the AC30. Both I will heavy. Yeah, they're both heavy, but if yeah. I have to pick one, because it doesn't take much to get an AC30, you know, like to have that grit. Mm-hmm. And especially like the way I use it, like my clean sound has a little bit of grit and all my overdrives are to push the amp, not to color it. Mm-hmm. So you can actually, for example, like use an OCD and it just has that OCD sound it doesn't affect you know doesn't change the tone at all and then switch to a tube screamer and you get that tube screamer sound but it still has that you can still tell is a box yeah yep and especially and it it's like I don't have any negatives like all the you know like stuff I couldn't do with a fender like stacking pedals especially stacking overdrives the box at least in my opinion, it just controls everything. It's just, it's like you get more grind, less grind, but it's still the same tone. Which model of the Vox did you end up landing on? So right now, actually I have an AC30, and this one is the CC2 with the blue Alnicos. That's the one I play with the Daredevils. And then with 45 Spider, I ended up getting the AC30S1 with the single speaker, which oh, that one actually not- has, it has, it pretty much is based on a top boost circuit. But the only difference is that as in the ACE, regular AC30, you have your top boost volume and your master volume. The S1 has a gain. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, nice. and the thing is that you can actually just like, you know, like turn the volume down and crank the gain or, you know, you can play with it just like you do with the AC30. The only drawback of that S1 is that the reverb is digital. Mm. It's oh, not, man. you know, like it's yeah, it's not a tank like the other ones, and especially with Forty Five Spider, that's like a is a garage style band. I don't use that much reverb. Yeah, yeah. So it works out, you know, like perfect for that. But when I'm doing like the country punk stuff, I just need to have just like a little bit of, and I actually change, I, I put um, I change the reverb tanks on my boxes. Yeah, because the that the tanks that come with them. It, that's actually a con. They're not very good. <laughs> yeah, they're very metallic. That's I, I, yeah. I have at least one or two AC-15s through a week and pretty much course of, of matter. We just replace the reverb tank. It's a very yeah. noticeable day. I tell people, and they're like, what, really? And then we do it, and they hear it like, you oh, You replace wow. the whole tank or you replace the springs? 
the whole no, tank. No, you replace that tank. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the cost to replace springs. Right. Yeah. I'm just asking. I don't yeah. even know if you could get reverse springs, but yeah. Yeah, you know, you swap out the tank. It's four screws and you pull it out and swap it. But yeah. it, it's, yeah, it, it, anybody yeah, it, that has one, do it. Just do it. You'll. It's right. much less metallic-y. It's, yeah, and I forgot the brand. Where's thing. a good place to get Mod. that, Rob? Mod, yeah, those are the ones I yeah. actually got. Um, I think I, An- I, Antique Tube Supply? I think that's who distributes them, Mod. I think I found mine through Mojo Tone. Mojo Tone? Yeah, they probably sell yeah. them too, yeah. It's... Okay. Uh, 8EB3C1B, I think, is the part number. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you you bought is. one or two you, of those. You, I, you I, do I, this I've often? used a few of those, yes. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, well, I, here, I have another thing that I th- I think it would make a Vox more attractive to me. And actually, I on the, on the low... I have been looking for like just a little. You AC, should get. You should an get an AC fifteen. I know. I, I Rob. I just said I was oh, looking. Okay. Rob. I just okay. said I was looking for one. <laughs> Mr. <Okay>. Quata. <laughs> but but here's the thing, I I can't the color of the of the it's just I don't know. cosmetics. Yeah, man. It's like See, go back uh, to the black. Dang well, it. Uh, the black is cool, dude. It's it's. I mean, are you? I don't know. When you lay something down on a record, brown and what purple color your amp is, man. Come on. Brown and purple. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Where, hey, where do you see that? I actually have one of the crimson AC-15s. Uh, that, I like brown and purple. The, the, the red are. ones are cool. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, just wait for one of I those. I just mean the standard unit. Like, it's just, you know, yeah. it looks like a old piece of grandma's furniture. I'm just saying. Yeah, whatever. Wow. Or Tony's. Furniture. Anyways, wow. so <laughs> <laughs> Tony's furniture. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. this was the Vox Samp. Now let's make Tony's Tony time. Tony yeah. storms out. Wow. <laughs> I've had enough of you, okay. Todd. So let let's ask a couple questions. Thank you so much for the deep dive into the history. I think that helps us better understand yeah. the the absolute conflagration of, of insanity of where does the Vox come from and what's a good one? Well, now, you know, which if, is the if, question. You, if you didn't know a lot about Voxes, now you probably know not. More than you need to. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it really it's is. It's just it, confusing it, now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. It's just okay. Like, so, Rob, what are common Vox questions that you get? Uh, common Vox questions. Well, there's a few. Okay. A few different things. Um, in the past 10, 15, 20 years, nobody can use an AC30. Except Hex. Except Hex. And it, I dude, mean, it sounds so good on stage, Hex. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, uh, the first time I heard you play, I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere near in front of that guy. And, well, and I stayed in front of him the whole time and videotaped him almost the whole time <laughs> before he even became my friend. I was like, this guy's killing it. They're, they're awesome amps, but between the weight and the 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 wattage it's just like you know it's, it's the same reason the guys don't don't use twins anymore yeah like everything right. i get in from players or deluxes vibrolux on the top end yeah because just the size and and the you know volume from it um, and actually when it comes to the size sorry to interrupt yeah. i actually have mine in a flight case oh my god what, it takes crazy two, yeah it takes two people to take it out of the and a forklift Oh yeah. <laughs> and, no, well, Todd, Todd has seen me taking it out of the van and putting it oh, in. Yeah. And, and the springs and, recover off the van. But, but the cool part about that is he takes the cover off and he uses that yeah. as an elevated as guitar stand. stand. Yeah. 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 Smart guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I not not you. I mean, he's, I used, I'm saying no, he's no, a smart guy. It could also make yeah. a good porta bar. Yeah. 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 But, and the thing, too, when it comes to the volume, it, that's one of the reasons why. 
I stack pedals mm-hmm. because a lot of people just crank the hell out of the amp just to get their overdrive. And pretty much my overdrive, what I'm doing is pushing the amp without making it way too loud. Now, do you, do you um, uh, since you get a CC, uh, is yours one of them with the switch so you can a- engage both the normal and top boost channels together? Or do you have to ABY them? Or? I, I actually think I have to do like a bridge cable okay. just to get both of them okay so yours but i yeah i basically just use just a top boost okay because that's another talking about uh, a lot of guys especially a lot of country alt rock guys are using the 15s now um they're using aby box um and they'll aby the channels you know to kind of make oh. it a, a pseudo three channel amp Mm. Yeah, you know, which oh, is that is cool. cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and that's I what need I'm to seeing. Try that. That's what I'm seeing more in the past ten years is the AC15. Yeah, uh, above all else, um, probably ten of those to everything else Vox makes combined. Right, and it's usually that kind of guy that's playing anything from small, you know, like Newport shows, like small um, um, national kind of stuff. Yeah, to you know, Newport's local a local bar. venue here. That's yeah, like yeah, one of the better. Yeah. Sort of theater style venues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know how many thousands of seats, but you know, like you'd see, I don't know, drive by truckers or somebody at something like that. Yeah, you know. See, and the thing too is that I personally like the AC15 over the AC30 because I can actually use less pedals with it. Yeah, yeah, that because you're you're able to to get the amp to break up on its own a little but more. The, yeah, but the problem is. You know, when, you know, like we're not rock stars or anything like that. You show up at a venue when, and they don't mic your amp, you're screwed. Mm, well, yeah. At least in my, on my case. So, you know, when you have a loud drummer and actually loud drummer, that's pretty much the problem. It's like you have to crank it too much and then you're too dirty. So I have more versatility where the 30 yeah. But if I had my own choice, like if I knew we were going to have like great sound, I was going to be mic the 15 all the way. So, and Saad, do you come across that? I, I'm not plugged into the original Being world. not mic'd? Yeah. Yeah. Do you come across that quite often as well? Uh, very rarely. Even in smaller places, I, it, um, it's, it's almost okay. always mic'd. Because um, I know 20 years ago I would run into that, but I like I haven't yeah. you know, been in that scene. Now that's, you need to play like New Philly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what you're saying is you're not your hopes aren't high for the Mansfield game. I, I huh? know. I will say. So oh, they're, no, they're, yeah, they're actually gonna have like a like a professional a mic sound for you? system. Cool. Yeah, they're actually gonna have a mic for the. Actually, I'm using the S1 for that one. Yeah. There's but, a place yeah. here called the Stoop that uh, is no. Is, they only have a mic for the for the vocals. Uh, it's so a bigger it, size room too. It's a bigger size room, but wow. it's also like a super low-fi like wow. you know. Sort of punk joint, and uh, yeah, you got you got to crank up, you got to crank up. Okay. Um. Anyways. So, so yeah, I mean. So let's talk about. So what does a um? We'll get a little bit more into things to look out for. Okay. But uh, what, in your opinion, um, does the Vox not do well sonically? It doesn't do high headroom clean. Yeah. If 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 you want to get high headroom clean stuff like the uh, clean chicken picking kind of stuff 
it it won't do it. it just Unless won't. you get like when we were at Doctor Z's place yeah, which, and we played that Vox that he well, had. Well, that was Brad was that Paisley's. A, was that a, uh, his uh, his take on a 100 circuit, Tony? Wasn't yes. that what that was? Yeah. No, yeah. but it was, he had the actual Vox amp there. Oh, is that what we played? Yeah, you I played out of out of the out of uh, was Brad it an Paisley's actual Vox. No, I think it was something he made for Vox. He only made three or four. Of. Oh, four Vox. No, no, four Paisley. Four Paisley. He, he bought like I three sworn or four. He actually, it was an actual. Yeah, because because I know he's wired some stuff for I Brad Paisley. Cause, photos of that. Cause, yeah, because yeah, Brad Paisley loves the Vox sound. That's where the whole Z Rec and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, I. He just kind of like a take on the Vox, but with a little bit more shine. Yeah, and, and sort of. And I think what we plugged into that particular day, Todd. Though I am almost positive that he said he made something like three or four of them. One of his buddies has one or two of them. Yep. Paisley has one, and then that one that was in the shop. Or and it was like it that. was like a hundred watt. It was a hundred watt, and then that's what it was. His take on was like okay. a normal channel. It's much dumbed down though, because it was like single channel, three or four knobs, hundred watt stupidity. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you're absolutely huge. right. And, and that's where the fifties and hundreds came from way back when with the Beatles. They needed more headroom, and with those you yeah. can absolutely get them clean. And but yeah, because by the time you can break up, your ears are bleeding. But we're, <laughs> but we're talking like AC fifteen or AC thirty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, AC-30, you can play um, a moderate-sized stage, especially cover band gigs around here where you might have a couple hundred people in the crowd. You can absolutely get a, a pretty clean sound from it because it's at such a low volume, and you can run it with the channel volume down all the way, the master all the way up. Mm. Talking like a CC, you know, to yeah. whatever. Um, but in generally, that's not what they're known for. They're known for that. It's breaking up is if you hit it, if you dig into your guitar hard without even pedals, it'll start to be that breakup kind yeah. of thing. Yep, gotcha. Um, and and it's great. That's and that that goes back to the uh, well, in part, the no negative feedback on the output section and class A operation. So well, and that's what I was using a while ago when I had the uh, Cash Tribute Band because I oh. I didn't I just didn't have enough. But the thing is, we were we were actually hitting a lot of places that I had to turn up mm. and. That was problematic because now I'm. So that's when you had the. What'd you have? Yeah, an AC15 oh, at that it, point. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't enough. It, it, well, it was just going. It wasn't dirtier. running clean the whole thing, so yeah. it was running dirty. Yeah, like, yep, this yep. Is not So good. there you go, and that's exactly that's where. Yeah, there you go. That's why you need yep. Hex's rig. And I didn't feel like it had enough. Like, um, if I dug into it again, if I had the the volume. And it, I didn't even feel like I got that high. I mean, I was like in like two, three, four, and I was starting to mush out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well. And so like, you know, I like yep. getting a, like a bite into it, and yeah. it was like, nope, no, it was no, spongy. No, no, it's not going to have that. And 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 again, a big part of that, and that's Fender with basement stuff going off in Fender line, land. That's when they started using the negative feedback. It cleans that up, tightens it up a lot in the output section. Yeah. And the Vox doesn't have that. As, as far as I know, no boxes ever. Yeah. We can consult the Vox Bible here. Oh, geez, I don't have enough time. <laughs> well, and, and the thing, too, is that usually the people that play Vox, they like that mm -hmm. grit. Yep. On, they like the fact that it's not super clean. Because mm -hmm. I remember, like, um, geez, like back in the 80s when I heard you uh, 2 and I heard Edge. And I'm like, oh, my God, his amp just has grit with delay. What kind of pedal is that? And mm -hmm. Lord and behold, it's not a pedal. It's the Vox amp. Yep. And the first time I played one, I'm like, that's the sound I've heard on my head all this time. But it's like you have to be a fan of that sound. Like if yeah. you want, you know, like if you're playing like in a, like an emo band that has like a bunch of different atmospheric sounds, 
you can do it on a box, but it's gonna be grimy. It's not gonna be completely clean. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And yeah, you either in some cases you either like the sound or you know you go to a different amp. I mean, well, that's, yeah, and and that's where you know people ask me like you know what is the best amp, or whatever. There's no such thing. Like like Hex has found out that he the how he plays and what he's trying to get. The Vox is perfect for how he plays and right. what he's putting through it, but you know somebody down the street can't get anywhere near that sound out of it, and they found that a dual professional is is what yeah. works for them, yeah. or a Plexi. You know everybody's playing is different with how they're doing. So, yeah, you know no right and wrong. It's just you know is that that's the sound you're kind of going after or not? It could yeah. be a PV. So could be doubtful, it, but could be. <laughs> if you're, uh, yeah, I got a you know classic uh, 212 VTX. I'm just saying that you know that's yeah, like I said, you know, that's could be. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm out for I'm on the hunt for something uh, a used Vox, and and I've and I've run into a couple deals where I think they're deals because mm-hmm. they're you know they're a little bit older, or they're you know yeah. they're they're used and stuff, and and uh, <clears throat> what should I be on the lookout for? Considering that, Tony. Well, I think you're safe with any of the CC series. Um, it's you know price wise, they're usually affordable. Um, I think they're fairly robust amps. Um, they they capture most of the Vox tonality. Um, you, if you're looking at something older, you know, going back into the pre '90s. You're, you're treading in dangerous water because there are so many variations and so many not-so-good ones out there. Um, I personally would avoid any of the solid-state, you know, like the, the 60s and 70s solid-state. Uh, Anything with a really cool name? Yeah. Like the Viscount or <laughs> the Buckingham. I, I Yeah. I mean, I those think were all made in the U.S. too. So they were trying real hard to be British. Yes, they were. Which is really interesting. Well, I think it was a, That's kind of all a, the... a little bit of a con game. But honestly. Um, <laughs> the Kensington. Yes. The Essex. Oh, my. <laughs> the Sovereign. But I, th- I think that, you know, most people are going to encounter at least in the used market these days, you know, the CC series, maybe yeah. some of the newer ones. I've got, you know, I have a bench amp that I, I is a is a Pathfinder, which is just a little yeah, practice yeah. amp. Yeah, I mean, it's Those just... Those are cute. Yeah, they're, they're fun. And then you worked on my um, uh, night, night Train. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot they made those, too. Yeah, that's it's kind of like a chrome head. That's, is that a, all tube? Or? Yeah, that's all tube. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah. You did some. You did a couple yeah, of mods I on it. All about that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so some of those. The, the, I think anything post two thousand, you're relatively safe with. Yeah, even even in the nineties, you know, I think yeah. again, like you said, it's the CC. Yeah. You know? I mean, that I think they got a lot of. I don't want to say guff, but they they. People were like, well, this is not a Vox, you know, that when Korg took them over, they're like, this doesn't sound like an old Vox. No, it doesn't. But now over time, I think their changes to the circuit have now yeah. be kind of become accepted as, okay, it's not the old 60s Vox thing, yeah. but is a very useful sound, different adaptation on the Vox. Yeah. And to Tony's point, I think, because people go, well, you know, well, should I buy a hand-wired? And I generally tell people, no, 
because for the money difference, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a big difference because you can get, I'm finding AC15 CC1s all around town, four or 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah, that's how much I pay for. I think I got mine at Sam Ash for used for 350 That I mean, that was talk, a friend deal. Okay. You're talking yeah, a great sounding amp, yeah. all tube, that's built pretty darn well for what it is. And yeah. holy, wow, that's cheap. You know, that's a great price. Question, uh, since we're talking about that era, and, and if you go into your local store, or your used store, and it's like, it's a Vox, it's an AC15, you're like, Hey, that's cool. It's four hundred bucks. Wait, it's the same one sitting right next to it. They look identical, and one's much more than that. Well, well, well now the hand wired ones. Not the look- hand wired. Okay. I'm talking about the C2. So the AC15 C2, which is the two. Oh, so that's a two twelve. That's two twelve. Um, was it? Is there? An- well, because I know that's I know for the AC30. I think the C1s were with the green backs, and the C2 yes. had the blue alnicos. Right. Okay, there you go. Because I have a C2. Yep. Yeah, because there is an AC15 C2. But that's still a 12. Okay. And that's a well, du- double check, because I know they did an AC15 with two 10s on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if a, that's what that is. The AC15 C2 is a 15-watt 212. So that's kind of cool. So you have a 15, but it's got twice the air power there. And I don't know if the very first AC-15 was 212 or not, but mm. they did make 212 AC-15s back in the 60s. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. You worked if, on one. Yeah. Yeah. I just had that. Yeah. It was a 63 or something. 64. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, okay. yeah. So, so yeah. It, point being is like, you know, if. if Chances are you're not going to find too many of those. Well, yeah, and that, that, I think we're talking two different things. Someone's saying, you know what, I'd like to check out a Vox, and I've got a few hundred bucks in my pocket, and do I get the 30 or the 15? You can get either and one. And you always get your money out yeah. of it, too. Yeah, exactly, and they can be found anywhere. You buy uh, a 30, uh, 800 to a grand maybe, uh, a yeah. 15, four to yeah. 500 ish now, if if you're like, and I've had some older guys be like, man, I tried that one. I tried the the, the TB6 that was made, and blah, made. none of them sound like my old one. You're right. It's a different circuit. You need to pony up the money and buy an yeah. early 60s. Yep. And it's going to be, what, four to eight grand? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If you're on a good day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, for one of the fawn color early 60s. Yeah. Just or, add some zeros. Or. Or you can get the the American-made ones, uh, oh, famously Jesus. such as like the Grenadier, the Winston, the Booster, the Churchill. <laughs> he, Come on, he, Todd. Why don't the Westminster. Do something useful on the internet. The Sovereign, the Essex. <laughs> Dude, Come on. Todd, it's like, Todd. man, they were pandering to us. We didn't know any better. Do me a favor. Look up uh, EC15 H1. See if that comes up. I did, actually. And, and you couldn't find I one? I didn't get uh, but anyways, one question while I'm doing this, I'm gonna I, I'd okay. like to ask. So, okay, great. I got a killer deal. I got a I got a really good condition, um, and that's the other thing because these move around a lot. Uh, they stay in pretty con- pretty good condition. Yeah. I mean, they're really solid amps. Yeah, yeah there is. So any... I just got one, and I got a great deal on it. Four hundred bucks. What do I need to do to it to like really make it? Do, is there anything? Uh, honestly, yeah. The, well, the first the, thing, the tank, the yeah, river tank. That's what I was gonna Sorry. say. Yeah. That, that's really the only thing I would say you, I mean, and I tell guys that when they bring them in, it's like, well, do you use reverb? Yeah, I love reverb. Okay, you want to replace the tank. Other than that, if it's not making any noise and it sounds like it should, you don't have to replace the tubes. Just, it's fine. I don't do anything else in those except 
generally replace tubes and swap out reverb tanks. Well, you can also, if, if, it's, if it has a green back in it, oh, yeah, of course, you want, speaker. if you want to put a, a new, like yeah. an Elnico speaker in it, yeah. that's a fantastic upgrade. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, I tell you what, though, me personally, I would keep the green back. I like it because having that lower efficiency speaker that has a very forward mid-range push, yep. that's exactly what I want the 15 to do. And I could turn up the amp an extra couple of clicks to get the amp to break up and compress more yeah. at the same linear volume where if I put a gold or blue in it, yep. I can't have the amp as loud because mm. it's such a, a more efficient speaker. Yes. yes. So it's, that's personal preference, absolutely. But me personally, I like you know the green back. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Uh, I'm a, looking at the thing that you asked me to look for. That's the H1. You just want to see how much it is? H1 TV. I think that's the bugger. H1 TV is... Yes. See right yes. There. Uh, it's got an Alnico Blue. Uh, oh, yeah. H1 TV is... What's that one? Right, uh, you mean how much? Yeah, I'm well, just let's curious. Let's look at it. See if that's even what I'm thinking bum, of. Bum, 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 bum. That's a little guy. Yep. He's <laughs> just a little guy. Um, no listings for that one. However, yeah, ooh, $1,300. That's the one I was telling you about that is the, the true recreation of the original 15. It's got an EF-86 in it that they made sometime oh. in the 90s. Okay. But sonically. It's notice it, that That's a different. That, that's. So if you, if you did a blind taste test. Yes, with you, one, you would notice absolutely. an EF-86. What would you notice? Uh, I think just the overall tone is different for out of the EF-86 well, versus and, the 12AX. And, e, and even the other channel is going to sound different because it, it's a different circuit for the uh, trem vibrato. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And, and the, and the, vib, or the uh, uh, I don't know if that one has reverb or not. If it does have reverb, it would sound different, too, because the reverb and all the CC stuff. A lot, a lot of the older stuff did not have yeah, reverb Yeah, I don't know if it. they put reverb in that one or not. But it's hard to say. But anyways, my, my point being is why I wanted to bring up that one, though, the H1 series stuff, is that that is a more modern one that is a throwback. So if you're looking for that, if you're like, I don't have six grand to spend on a 1963 AC-15, right. if you can find one of those those H1s, it's like, oh, okay, it's still 1300 bucks. 1500 bucks. But it's pretty... That's a lot pretty, of money for a... But it's pretty much the same circuit as that four thousand or six thousand dollar amp. So yeah, you that's know, true. yeah, that's true. And it is noticeably and, different. It is, and everything's relative. So if that's the sound you really want and it's important, yeah, then that's not going to be a big deal to you. Yeah, that's affordable compared to the other one. But. Yeah. All right, Hex, you got to get one of those now. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's on reverb right now like what I is know. this h1 yeah th well that's that's not the problem it's how am i gonna you know like pass it by my wife without her noticing there's another amp down here <laughs> oh you yeah. you're gonna start a third band yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just offload the ones you don't want to me that's how this works actually that's how he ended up with uh uh with the s1 just like, hey, you know what? I need something to play with your band. Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, the, funny, uh, gear. the funny thing is that my wife's a drummer. So, you know, like she's always down here. You know, she's a musician. She knows. She actually knows what comes in and out of this studio. <laughs> I, I'm I've sorry tried, to hear that. I tried, yeah, I tried many things, like taking an empty guitar case and coming back. You know, like I'm down here looking at it. She's like, "Where did that come from?" Well, what's uh, what's in the bag? Uh, my sleeping uh, bag. You don't yeah. own a sleeping bag. Uh, no. uh. <laughs> yeah, she knows everything. Yeah, everything that goes down here. Funny. 
That's well, that's good. She and yeah, that, that, she's awesome. Have, yeah, I'm a huge fan of time. your wife. That's in, a, in the in the in the in the in the most appropriate way. No, I was just gonna say that's why I don't have that many um, this week in music for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you already have start. a crap yeah, ton of gear, man. Let's yeah. let's just be. <laughs> yeah, I need to start downsizing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Any final questions or thoughts on on Vox? As, oh, as we thing, know it right now, guys. Actually, the one thing that, for example, I found really useful when I switch from Fender to Vox, you can do swaps of the tubes without having to bias it. Hmm. So it's something yep. that, for example, for me, I change tubes like at least like once a year, depending on which amp I use the most. And it's something I can do. And well, if you know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, take it to a professional. Yeah. But just the fact that you don't have to bias the amp when you're switching tubes, that's a big convenience for me. Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. Okay, Rob, you see more amps than uh, most people east of the Rockies. More so, than the average bear. More than the average bear east of the Rockies. Uh, my question is... Who is that? The, the, Boo-boo. When, Boo-boo. when things come into your uh, uh, place of business, are they? do you see a lot of Voxes? And if you do, what what is a common problem? I see a lot of Voxes. Um, there are no necessarily common problems. Not with a lot of other amps where... It's like, okay, this always has to be done. This always has to be done. No. Um, no. Most Voxes are tubes, like we talked about. Swap out the reverb tank for an improved sound. Maybe swap out speakers for a different sound. But generally, there is no, this always needs to be done. Now, let me put an asterisk, because as we talk about this, the one asterisk is the TB6 circuit that we spoke about that was made somewhere in the early 90s. Those are really cool. Six input throwback to old older ones um but the way they were laid out um they had a lot of serious ground and noise problems um so that particular model if you buy one you just have to you're gonna have to spend a few hundred dollars and have somebody update the ground scheme in it um but that's the only one everything else that's the cc one two whatever you're fine on all those no known problems the one the one thing i would point out is um these amps run hot Mm-hmm. You know, there's little vents at the top. We joked a couple of weeks ago that if you bring a frying pan, you can set that on there and cook some eggs. <laughs> I think you might be able to. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I don't think there's any danger in it running that hot. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't recommend putting a fan or anything in it. But, you know, just be aware of that. Some people freak out, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God, something's burning up in here. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, and, and there is no ventilation, put- really. Yeah, and don't put anything on top of the vents either. Yeah, yeah. So. I have tell you, I've seen people trying to put um, like power condensers and stuff like that on top of it, and they're like, "What's that smell?" And just like, "Oh, <laughs> your whoops, your rack is freaking burning." <laughs> <laughs> put it on top of the amps. Yeah. yeah, you know something that you uh, I tell a lot of guys uh, to do on these amps. Uh, not not tell. Like uh, as a possible recommendation is a brown box variac Mm -hmm. pulling them down to like 112 or 114 in my humble opinion it usually sweetens them up Mm. and it's probably because i haven't dove deep in this but it's probably because the circuit hasn't changed much but the voltage has over the years it's increased so i find that with a lot of vintage amps they they keep the circuit perfect to the original ones but the, the voltage at that time was 108 112 volts 
Yeah. So so I find that you know I usually like these things running around 112 or 114 as well. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but not really anything to the amp. But um, also, if you are looking to replace your speaker, a very good resource for that is uh, Warehouse Guitar Speakers. They mm. do a very good job of kind of explaining what you know what could work in your. Uh, in your amp and why, and even if you call them up, I, I mean, I've done that before. Yes. So I've anyways. seen you do it. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so all in all, a very reliable amp, an amp that is going to sound like it's supposed to sound, and um, you're going to get your money back out of it too because it it holds its value really well. Yep. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for your voxification here tonight. I, I think we all have quite a few numbers and letters rolling around in our brains. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we have a better understanding of um, of voxes. And I think maybe uh, an overall takeaway for me is uh, a lot of times we romanticize vintage things, especially when it comes to guitars and stuff. And in this case, because of the extremely muddled history mm. of Vox amplification, there really isn't a need or or um, benefit other than just pure collectability if you have gobs and gobs of money to try to source out vintage stuff. This is one of the uh, historic brands that is actually doing things very well in the present day. Fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. I'm just saying what you said, Rob. Just commit to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 again, you know me. I have to. Yeah. I have to uh, the the thing is that the, the early. By the 60s, way, all the listeners have to sign a disclaimer. <laughs> well, it's it's as we talked about the early '60s, especially the AC15. That amp just doesn't exist anymore. It is. It is. But that's a what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like there's no you without a, a, a very large amount of money. Yes. You're you're going back yes, to something right. that. Except for historic purposes, isn't necessarily going to, you know. And there, there are some really good options too. If you're going for that specific sound, oh yeah, good. Let's talk about that. Uh, Sixty-five amps, Bruno, Tony Bruno actually did a lot of uh, research and development for Korg when they were releasing some of the uh, the newer models. Um, Doctor Z, I mean, his are. Most of his are based on Vox circuitry. You know what? You would think so, but as I found out, not really. Not really. The preamps are closer Ooh. to fenders. I stand corrected. The, oh. the output section in, in power and phase inverter yeah. are typically Vox-ish, but most preamps are much closer to fender circuits. Huh. Yeah, how about that? I'm glad we had you here today. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love being proven wrong. Yeah, and I say it closer. It's, you know what? I, I, let's say this. It's more of a blend of a Fender yeah. make, meets a Vox. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I it's not just a... copy and paste the Fender, but you know he does the, the yeah where he drives both stages of dual yeah. triode together. And, Any other manufacturer, current day manufacturers, boutique manufacturers? Uh, not um, Matchless. Oh yeah, Match- Matchless. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I mean, say Matchless if you can find one. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and whatever the guy that did that Samson. I mean, he's had like six other amp companies since. I don't know the names, but yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So there's a whole series. Morgan, that's what he mm. kind of, and he's definitely his very first amps. Many of them, the ones that kind of put him on the map, we'll say that that got his name out there and it goes amps on stage with country players were, I think, what the models AC40 or something like that. It's so it's yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, and it had EF86 in it and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. so yeah, so there's definitely. 
plenty of guys making those. Sounds good. Yep. Excellent question. All right, I think that's about it for that. Um, I can't I'm wait to do out. another. Are we? We're we've hit pretty much all of the major amp uh, makers. I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Did we? we did we, did do we get a Marshall? Marshall? Uh oh. I don't remember doing a Marshall. Bro, bro. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you guys have well, done a Marshall. So that's next, everybody. Marshall, so. Let's do it. Yeah, Jared. Okay. Jared needs to go outside and. Take a breather for that one. Uh, all right, Jared. Fire it up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's good to be back. And it's also good to be back so I can do my favorite little segment of the show called Would You Rather? <laughs> this week's Would You Rather, eh, we're going to include some box amps. So you got signed by a record label and you you have two piles of equipment that you're going to take and in this case you can only take one pile or the other pile and trust me these are piles Um, however there's a few diamonds in the in the rough piles here so pile a of equipment you can take with you on tour on a year tour is a fender thin line right a nice light Good quality Fender Thin Line that's, you know, it's a great guitar. Thin. It's got the wide range. It's got the hollow body. So it's got a thick sound, but a very good, nice light body. But you have to take <laughs> very good, three. Nice light. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You have to take three Beetle 100 Waters with you. So Super Beetle Vox Amp. The I think they're AC 100s, right? Yeah, let's call them AC-100s. So you got to take three of those monsters with you. Holy and you don't, you don't have any help to bring them in because you just got signed. You don't have enough money for a, a tech guy yet. So. All right. So Fender Thin Line, three Super Beetle, 100 waters. Okay, but those Four. are cool looking amps, so that that's a plus. They are cool, but, I mean, it's like moving refrigerators every gig. So... Or the second pile, you have a BC Rich, uh, Rich, six string, six string. Yeah. So you have it's a big old heavy BC Rich with two six string necks, and it's uh, what it it's that uh, epoxy or what do you call that the lucite. So it's lucite so it's extra stupid it's like 30 pounds or 20 pounds <laughs> okay right yeah and so it's the, the neon lucite double neck guitar there you go Oof. so but the amp you get to take with you is the ac15 the hand wired right so and uh, kind of lighter not super light but a lot more you know less trips and easier to handle than three refrigerators yeah so what pile are you going to take with you? You have to take one or the other. The Fender Thin Line. That's actually a really good one. <laughs> okay. It took 20 minutes to get through. But yeah, hey, I know. No, but that's why we count on you. So the Thin Line with the what? The Thin Line three with the three AC, Super Beetle. Super Beetle AC These are 100s. the huge, super tall stacks with the trapezoid. Chrome, uh, chrome uh, holders. Yeah, the chrome holders and the trapezoid big, heads. Big chrome rails. Holding it all together. Okay. Tanya Belonsky. Yes. Go. Believe it or not, 
I'm going to go with option one because nothing <laughs> would look cooler than three super beetles in the back line. The other thing about them is those racks. I, if I'm, I could be mistaken, but I thought they had wheels on them. They do. They do. And so you just oh, yeah, wheel them in. You wheel them in, and you've got three monster amplifiers behind you. And How many can I fit in my Hyundai? Uh, <laughs> half. You can, put, you can put the heads in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that. I, I think, and and I love a telly thin line too. So yeah, so, okay, yeah. But that, I mean, just imagine that look of those. Uh, hey, <laughs> all right, Rob. I hate these things. I just want to go on record. <laughs> um, the thin line. I mean, because I mean, what are you gonna do with it? double neck loose side that you can't even stand there with you'd have to like get one of those gracie stands and mount it on oh. you know what i mean because you wouldn't be able to hold that cheaters yeah. yeah so i mean you know there's no choice it's the yeah like yeah like a, the, the the bon jovi stand exactly you'd have yeah. to have one of those just i mean because that's you, right you, seriously you're not going to stand there and play a show with that thing mm-hmm. uh i have to go right to the emergency room afterwards hex how about yourself hey i'm a telecaster guy so you thin line yep Okay. Plus, I have a drummer that loves to carry heavy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can, Your drummer is awesome. Them. I love that guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Leo, I need that amp inside. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got wheels. <laughs> Leo is also one of the few guys that plays uh, a really, really big drum, uh, kick drum, with no, um, uh, with, with, with no hole in, with no sound hole, mm. total oh, yeah. flat front. Yeah, that's a big, big diameter drum. Wow. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, <sighs> I'm a pretty big dude. I can handle a big old Lucite six and six, but I'm not. I'm gonna definitely go with the big three refrigerators and the Fender thin lines because I can also handle those things. I can just carry. One in each hand. You know, <laughs> one under true. each arm. Completely just, assembled. And the other, the other one I'll just kick like a soccer ball. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Definitely Todd, the thin line, man. What are you thinking, Todd? Well, I'm, I'm torn because I don't like thin lines. I don't like the F-hole in a, in a small body guitar. I'm just not a fan of that. Um, it's just me, man. I You know, I got things. I got you're, particulars. You're weird. Uh <laughs> Uh, so six and six lucite is not weird. No, that's that's weird too. I actually like that more than I like a thin line. Wow. It's just it's that's just yeah. it's just an aesthetic thing. I don't okay. I don't like it. You'd um, rather be playing with a red transparent looking thing with two necks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm how just, he said it with such disgust. Yes, I'm stuck. <laughs> be, I'm stuck between two things I really don't want. Um, but, uh, I do agree. I, I, the look, you know, having three of those super Beatles would just be pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, I think we're all on thin line Island here. All right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, we tried. That was one of the first times this song have ever been completely unanimous, by the way. There's very few of those. It's a good one though, but but it's just Still because we really like the cool old looking amp. That's that's what it comes yeah. down to. Three of them. Well, he, he actually had me at thin line, and I just like yeah, I said tally. 
that, yeah. That's, yeah. that's an easy pick for me. Yeah, yeah. When you said double neck loose sight, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Jared, that was very cool. Thank you very much. Tony, we need to thank, thank some people. That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people we love to thank. These are that's our right. executive producers. Yep. Now, you might be wondering, what is this executive producer? Well, let me tell you, an executive producer makes this show possible. That's right. How do you become one? Well, it's very simple. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron of the podcast. Each level comes with some very, very, and I do mean very nice thank you gifts. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. Uh, let's see who you get used... to have your name read on the thing. <laughs> what are you doing? That's my line. I'm here to say it. Oh, I forgot. Oh, what, Jared? <laughs> you get to have your name read on the thing. That's right. Your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gimalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen. Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Right on. Thank you, guys. Peoples? Yes. Yay. But, Todd, you know, there's another special group of executive producers mm -hmm. we call them our oh. grand poobas that's right these are the creme de la creme the top of the heap a number one that's the ones i like this song and they also wear a fez hex did, hex did you put your fez on uh, no, no he, he, it, he's I'll not going to mess up time. his hair. Are you kidding me? Well, Dude, this guy's no, hair. Why? Let me tell you about his hair. <laughs> I've I'm seen his hair. Wearing, why? I'm actually wearing a hat. Just my headphones don't reach all the way where it's at. Uh, yeah. Uh, you think he likes amplifiers. Uh, not as much as he likes his hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you really should be wearing the fez that was provided as part of this program. But here we go. I'll get it. <laughs> He's getting it. <laughs> I'm actually getting it. I thought the disclaimer was he had to it. wear it while he was listening. Well, yeah, we'll so when we're he listens him off back to this, he has to wear it, but not well, now. I if you saw his hair, you'd, let, you'd, you'd, you'd make it a pass. He's, he's got fantastic hair. I'm just saying. We'll just wait till he comes back. Okay. Yeah, that's how close I was to it. Okay. You got, is it on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. You're set. So special, 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 special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups. That's right. Hex Matos. With a yeah, fez, I know that guy. With a fez <laughs> upon his head. Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company. John Williams, James Pennington, 
Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Missy Billy. Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, and our poet emeritus, Matt Hart. Matt Hart, yes. Matt Hart. Matt Hart. All right. Thank you guys so very much. It's, uh, I always say, we couldn't do this without you. Honestly, it, it just would... It would uh, be very difficult. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. All right. We need to say a humongous thank you to uh, the gentleman uh, sitting across from me, Mr. Rob Chafe. Chafe. Mad cow amplification. 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 Where can people find out what you're doing, Rob? Mad cow amplification on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. I highly recommend subscribing to that. That's it a fun is. channel. It really is. Um, Thank you. And Hex, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rocking Hex. Same thing as Twitter at Rocking Hex. And you can also check uh, the website for Whiskey Their Devils, www.whiskeydaredevils.com. And 45 Spider, uh, I think it's Bandcamp at 45 Spider. Yes. Nice. We got to get a show with you guys. Yes, we do. Uh, Tanya. Uh, head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wares I have available. But by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let if me know you've what you're got a double do. neck BC Rich yeah. Lucite, we can get a great pick guard for oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll do, <laughs> do something really gross. Add weight to it. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, make a lead pick guard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And yeah. then drop it at the bottom of Lake Erie. Uh, all right, uh, Jared, about yourself. So find me on Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. Uh, Anthony Zimolero and I've been messaging and talking about gear and stuff. Why don't you message me too and we'll talk about whatever. Uh, Anthony nice. Jimalero, uh, hope you're doing well out there, buddy. Yep. Uh, well, you can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me at Instagram at guitarnobs. And please check out, if you have, as forementioned in the beginning of the show, an HX stomp or a similar multi uh, uh multi-effects unit but specifically the hx knob there's a lot of them you out there if you got one yeah you need to protect those knobs protect them check out flintfx.com and get yourself a stomper okay it's the right thing to do and it looks cool uh also check out the villantinos mm-hmm. we got new stuff dropping and the old stuff's still rocking so check us out and we want to just wish you a happy guitar week everybody and subscribe here. Yay. <laughs> I'm reaching for some cold refreshment. Hey, it's me, Todd. That's <laughs> <laughs> freaking missing. That's, that's John Esterly's favorite thing to do. All right. All right. Jared, we... did you have any uh, Vox questions? Nope. On the board, every day, all day long. Give me that pen. You're killing me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, making a squeaking sound. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Imagine being his wife. <laughs> Jared, um, you love Voxes, don't you? 
I I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's a cap. Wow, we got all these people here. Rob and Jared and everybody. Apparently everybody really wants to care about Vaughn. Oh yeah, baby, here we go. Test. Jared, good to hear you. You got a copy of this, right? Test. Yes, I did. You might start that, this over. Let me start this over. How long have you been doing this? Ah, uh, too long. Um, everybody, and away we go. Not yet. Everybody, <laughs> don't want to have to test. Test one, two, three. Perfect. That'll work. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Completely quiet all no, the time. No, okay, wait, stop, hey, like stop it. Don't breathe. Stop it! <laughs> okay, well, so Test. we got a, a full house. Uh, and, and then some. And then, Rob, you're unusually diplomatic right now. What? Test one, two, three. There you go. That's better. Thank you. Jared, yeah, sorry, can, can you just go ahead and go sorry. in the basement? <laughs> We're going to move your desk. <laughs> Yeah, right. take a can of pesticide with me. <laughs> um, is it's kind of old, but now ah, let me start over. Clack me. <laughs> I was wondering where this is going. There's some weird noise going on. How many Vox amps do you own, Jared? That would be zero. And how many amps do you own overall? Now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One, actually, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. Are you counting in thirds? One, two. Yes, one, two, three. It's a waltz. It's the what Jared amp waltz. Yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time